This podcast is the result of my passion for languages and for talking to people. I have conversations with language professionals who are willing to share their experience. We focus on their work, but also on how their love for languages has shaped their personal lives. I started my career as a researcher in terminology, but I found my passion for working directly with clients when I lived in the United States and started working as a language consultant for global companies like Sony, Apple, and Google. When I came back to Europe, I was introduced to the world of LSPs, where I had multiple roles, project manager, vendor manager, and terminologist. Now that I am fully dedicated to my own projects, I provide language services in English and Portuguese, mentoring and consulting for the localization industry, and of course, I'm also a podcaster. Find out more on LinkedIn or Instagram and get in touch if you'd like to explore how I can help you with your projects. I am Rita Prazeres Gonçalves, the language worker. This podcast is also available on YouTube. Hi, everybody. This is a collaboration between English with Kirsty and the language worker. This is the third time that we've done this, so we hope you'll enjoy it. So maybe let's just start by introducing ourselves. You go first. Okay. Thank you so much, Kirsty, for having me again on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's really nice of you. And so I am Rita Prazeres Gonçalves, aka The Language Worker, and I've been working in the language industry for over 20 years. Let's call it 20 years, not to be too specific. And um, I am currently hosting my podcast, The Language Worker, but I also have a brand new podcast called The Intuitive Worker, which is a bit more about introspective uh, work, spirituality, faith, and all of those subjects that are also part of my life. Well, that's something that we want to talk about today because we, we both have podcasts. Um, I think we both listen to podcasts. How how did it get started then with you and podcasts? Have you, well, have you always listened to them? <laughs> <laughs> well, I listen to them every now and then, or in the past, that's what I used to do because now it's a bit more intense, obviously. But I guess it had been a plan for many, many years, and I had been thinking about it at least since 2014, which is a bit shocking to say this number, because I only started this year, right? Uh, but I was very happy to finally be able to do it, and um, it was the idea was to talk to people in the industry and get to know their stories, to inspire other people, to also learn from them and to see the multiple sides of what it means to work in the language industry, because that's obviously where I come from in professional terms. But I do believe that uh, podcasts have many purposes. So there's podcasts that can help you in your training. There's podcasts that can help you expand your ideas, your horizons, all of that. And I guess that's also why after nine months of doing the first podcast, I thought it was the, the right time to actually start the second podcast. Uh, it's true that, I've, of course, I've learned at least a, a basic method on how to put a podcast together uh, from a technical perspective. But uh, now I can take that knowledge and apply it to something else which has a completely different um, subject and also goal, because, of course, it's a much more... Uh, personal thing. It's um, more personal development oriented and all of that. 
So I would say that I'm using what I've learned from the language worker in order to now uh, apply it to the new podcast. And at least for these first few months to make it easier for me, <laughs> since I at least know what to expect from 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 the basics of the, the technical uh, ins and outs that you need to know. Even if from a psychological point of view, they are very different projects and they definitely have very different effects on me, as you know, right? So mm -hmm. I feel <laughs> a lot more relaxed when I'm doing my episodes for the language worker. And then when I'm actually uh, recording for the intuitive worker, it kind of makes me a lot more nervous. Uh, I go a little bit inside. I need some time to actually prepare to do it. Uh, and also the way that I, that I choose the guests, it's a little bit different because it's not only a matter of, of wanting people to know about these things or learn about these things or get to know these people. But I also try to make this something that was important for me in some shape or form. So I guess it's completely different uh, mindsets. Yeah, I think it's an opportunity to learn as well, um, because even even your voice is different when we were talking about that, but the interview that uh, yeah, true. wasn't interview, but the, <laughs> the first episode that you did, did for the new one. But I think it's good. It's you can take what you've learned. I think uh, for me, I didn't always have a plan to, to have a podcast. I definitely listen to a lot of podcasts and I probably started oh I don't know 2010 earlier um because it started with my interest in languages so it wasn't really a lot of language podcasts like how to learn a language but it was information that I thought was interesting in the languages that I wanted to learn mm -hmm. um because it's a it's an audio format it's something you can take everywhere I used to have a, a job that meant I was doing three hours a day of, of train travel and commuting and that was really boring so I wanted something interesting and useful to do with that time and a lot of the time I spent listening to podcasts and I think when I did that as well as learning the languages some German some Turkish um I also learned what I like and what I thought was useful so then when I had the idea of starting the English with Kirsty podcast it was more about I want to do something that I would find useful and hopefully other people will find it useful as well. I, I didn't mm -hmm. want to do a lot of video content at that time. So I'm like, okay, I'll do a podcast because I know that they have helped me to learn other languages and I want to do the same. But I think listening to other people's podcasts, I found what formats I enjoyed, what, you know, what length, what, what type of information, the presentation. So I, I guess all the time I was gathering information about how I wanted mine to be. And I know that Oh, when did English with Curtis start? I think it was about seven years ago. So I, it's changed a lot over that time. You can start out with an intention and then you, you learn things, you hopefully mm -hmm. things, you change even this year, mainly thanks to you. I've changed the way that I do my interviews and I'm having a lot more fun now because they're a lot less mm. scripted and a lot more spontaneous because I, I watched how you do yours. I thought that'd be good. Let's try. <laughs> Some people hate that, especially when they're, operating in English as a, an additional language some people aren't mm -hmm. confident doing that and they don't enjoy that idea but I think it can work really well because you get to know people better but I think all this time we are growing whether you've got a, a new podcast like yours which is two weeks old or uh one we called one we called <laughs> happy birthday to <laughs> thanks <laughs> or, or one that's been around longer I think you're continually growing and and learning, meeting people through it, and, and hopefully also um, helping other people, because I know that all the people who contributed something to my 
language learning journeys, for example, I didn't thank them all personally. I didn't write to them mm-hmm. and say, hey, your podcast is great. It's helping me to learn so much. Occasionally I do that because I think, you know, people respond well to them. And there are people behind the podcast. You know, it's it's nice to get good feedback if someone's helped you. But the truth is that we don't all do that. We just consume content and we move on to the next one. And sometimes we don't really acknowledge how it's helped us. But I think mm-hmm. um, it's a way to 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 reach new people, but also to meet new people, because I know that the interviews that I've done, um, whilst I hope people are benefiting from the content too, I know I have learned as well through talking to different people, especially in the last year, Mm -hmm. looking at what they've learned in terms of languages. um, And and I think that's really important too. If If you're making a podcast, it's good to learn something from that. So what would you say have been some of the the things that you've learned in this last year doing the podcast? Well, it's been nine months now, so it hasn't been a year yet. So I don't have the experience that you have, but I can also say that I can feel that uh, things are shifting a little bit, even if I do believe that the the idea of being unscripted and uncut (laughs) is something (laughs) that I need to keep on doing because it just feels like it's the thing that has more to do with me. Mm. Uh, but it's true that I have been trying to improve in terms of sound, in terms of the graphics, in terms of, of how to better use the platforms that are hosting, where I'm hosting the podcasts and all of that. And also m- my vision on of the, the episodes themselves, I have started uh, some months ago inviting um more than one person for the episodes so probably the first one was about three months ago with um two people that had been working together for a long time so i contacted Mm -hmm. one of them and they told me what about uh my colleague what do you think about doing a a joint episode and i was like oh i really like that idea then i ended up um actually inviting a couple that works together so husband and wife so another two people and then i invited three people right and that went really well <laughs> so the the three girls who, who have the episode about getting started in the industry that's actually uh an episode in portuguese and then most recently the girls from women in localization uk chapter because I ended up having four guests. So I'm thinking that this is very interesting to me to mix it up, to have pairs of people, to have people who are somehow related or not, or at least have something in common. They might know each other. They might not know each other. I am planning now episodes with people who don't know each other, but will be all in the same episode, right? So that's in the cards. Uh, And also in terms of the, the focus of the conversation can be, you know, a little bit more uh, into the teaching realm of things uh, or the translation or the localization industry from its multiple aspects. So it, it goes like that, right? I think I haven't changed the original much, but I have been feeling somehow more comfortable with the format as I go. And now that I'm starting a new project, I'm going to use basically not only the knowledge, but to bring myself as I bring myself to the other podcast, I'll bring the same self. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, just being myself uh, to this other podcast. And even if the subject is completely different, I still think that this is the only way that it works for me and that I could not deal with um, a very scripted, very structured, very, you know, specific type of 
uh, way to conduct the episodes because that wouldn't feel natural. And also because I prefer to have, since they are very personal, I prefer to have the full-blown conversation at people's disposal so that people can understand how the conversation came about just from scratch from the beginning, right? And some of these people, I have never even talked to them. With some of them, I will talk to them for five minutes and we start recording. With others, we'll talk about half an hour and then we start recording, but it's never much more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never much more than that because I think mm. that it's it's much more, um, it's the truth, right? If I have never talked to someone and the idea is to have an episode about them, but not knowing them is part of my interest in having them in the podcast. Therefore, I will just be real and just get to know you while the the episode evolves. So that's what I do. So I have learned somehow to just believe that it's the right uh, approach for me. That's, I guess. Yeah, I, I take a slightly different approach. I, I tend to, I don't want to have a practice and I certainly don't want to repeat the conversation because I want that to be authentic and genuine. But I, I generally do have a meeting with people first to find out a bit about them. Maybe not if I already know a fair bit about them from LinkedIn, but generally if it's somebody that I've never met before, especially if they approach me, then I want to I wanna check them out first before I agree. So I, I do that, but then... Uh, yeah, maybe maybe that will change if I become a bit more uh, a bit more a bit less risk averse. <laughs> maybe I will, but um, I don't think everyone needs to be the same. But I think it's interesting. I mean, we will put all the links to all of the podcasts because this is going out on on two podcasts. So we'll put all the links to to the other places so people can find out what else we do. But I'm interested in going a bit further back because I know that. Um, you're podcasting in two languages and I know that English has been you know a big part of your life for a long time mm -hmm. um, how has your knowledge of English and your involvement with with English made it easier or what places have you been able to, to get into or how have you been able to develop your knowledge for the second podcast in ways that because you have access to English that that may not have been possible before or without English? Wow. <clears throat> That's such a complicated question. Hey, I know. But <laughs> <laughs> so, I know you can do it. <laughs> let me try to break it <laughs> into small pieces, <clears throat> small bites. I ask, actually need water for this. Take your time. So I guess that I, it's anybody who knows me knows that the whole English story started with my infatuation with Madonna right? And she's been such an inspiring part of my life. And she was definitely the, the reason why I got interested in English at such an early age, which I mean, an early age, as in it's normal for people in Portugal to start studying English around that time of your life. It's just that I was a bit more intense about it because I had that goal in mind, right? The idea was to um, was to understand everything that she was saying or try my best to always follow the songs and all of that, right? And tours mm -hmm. and concerts and interviews and movies, everything that she had out. So <clears throat> it was like a big thing. It was a huge part of my life. My brother and I were just together doing this. He was still uh, a small child <laughs> <laughs> when this all started happening because we're about six years apart. So I was 10, 11. So can you imagine he was really small? But so things kind of evolved 
involved in such a way that I see um, topics for him then as five or six. <laughs> I guess. So I kind of needed someone to to practice with, and I guess that's that's how it started happening naturally. That I just started using the poor child in order to have some sort of feedback from someone. And he was very interested already in, in Madonna music. Strangely enough, I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. And he was the one who brought it into my life, strangely enough. But yeah, so it was a huge part of, of growing up and those complicated teenage years. Madonna was there all along and all of that. So then when I uh, started studying, again, I did English classes uh, then when I went to the States, it's pretty obvious, right? That it was pretty handy to have my English right there. And it was uh, quite ready to go. Mm. And then in all subjects that I have studied, obviously, the, not only the, the more um, linguistics oriented kind of things, but also my, my personal tastes with uh, the spiritual subjects and all of that, I would say that most of the people who seem to follow uh, ideas, that make sense to me tend to be English speakers, right? So I guess my biggest references are either um, American or Canadian well, and the other people who are not, like, for example, Eckhart Tolle, which is like, uh, if you're studying anything in spirituality, I'm sure this name is familiar to you. And he's actually German, but all his um, books and writings and um, talks and all of that are in English. So for me, it's been pretty relevant to actually have access to everything that I need to know about all the subjects that are interesting to me and that really are the most relevant in my life. So it was pretty inevitable uh, because it's about the language industry that I would invite people and talk to them in English because they can be from any country. Mm. And But I always had my doubts. As you know, I keep bringing up this topic. I've always felt a bit insecure about having episodes in Portuguese uh, with actually some of the Brazilian friends, they have decided that they wanted to do the episodes in in English just because it's more practical within the industry. I suppose that most people will have English as, as a language. Uh, and so I do have episodes in Portuguese for the language worker, and I'm very happy to record them. But I have to say that it does feel slightly more natural to me, especially to talk about the industry to do the episodes in English. I don't know if, I, if it's because I'm more used to it or if it's because that every time that I have to be in meetings or in presentations, all of that, I have to do it in English. I don't know if that means that I lack some of those, some of that practice in Portuguese or what it is, but the truth is that I definitely enjoy having the podcasts uh, in English in the majority of the episodes. Now, for the the intuitive worker, it's a bit of the opposite because I do know that a lot of my references in terms of what has happened and the people who have impacted my life in terms of real people that exist around me, of course, they are mainly Portuguese. And therefore, I thought that the best would be to do the podcast in Portuguese, even if the name is in English. I couldn't help that. <laughs> but... It's true that this time my idea is to have the majority of guests or even solo episodes done in Portuguese, but it's totally inevitable that I will also have um, 
some episodes in English, I'd say probably at least 20% or, or even more in some moments, they will have to be spoken in English because I have a few guests in mind. Uh, one of them is German, the other one is Tibetan. So <laughs> I mm-hmm. don't think we would have another language in common. So for me, it's been the best in every possible way, as you know, to speak English, to have the opportunity. Now with you a lot, we we talk a lot and it's such a great opportunity for me to just keep on developing it and, um, you know, having the, the, the chance to have someone who happens to be an English teacher <laughs> <laughs> that is helpful uh, to actually, you know, be there and, and uh, help me with a few things that I need help for. Because I obviously, like I always say, this is, this was always be a work in progress, even if it's your native language, let alone if it's a language that you learned when you were already growing up. So, because I know that at, from one side, it gives me peace of mind because I know it's not going to be perfect ever. So just let it be the way it is, right? But I try to make it as correct as I can and as accurate and as adequate to the context as I can. So that is really something that I worry about. And I try to work uh, on a regular basis to make sure that my English is on point and that I really am fully able to understand and convey messages the way that they should be conveyed in English. So it is a work in progress. I'm very happy that English exists in my life in such an extent because it has allowed me definitely to just do things in a way that it wouldn't have been possible without English specifically, right? Because I also speak Spanish and French is also in my life, but I definitely use them in more... In, in very specific settings and not necessarily like to the extent that I use uh, English, which is probably I use English more than I use Portuguese. So that's that's how strong it is in my life. Yeah, and I think you do that exceptionally well. I think for all of us, we never stop learning, whether it's our first language or an additional language. I think there's something that we can all learn every day about any language that we're involved with. Um, and I would say it goes the other way. Like, even though my... Um, I did not start learning Portuguese as a child. I only started a couple of months ago, but your content as well. I love the fact that it's in in both languages to a greater or lesser extent, depending on the, on the podcast, but it's it's really helpful for me as well to be able to, I mean, I would, I would listen to them anyway or try to get the information anyway, but for me, it's also good that I have the opportunity to learn from you. Um, in fact, I wrote a post about that on, on LinkedIn about, you know, how sometimes our Friends can help us directly um, to practice other languages, but sometimes they can help us by just being them. And if we if we look at what kind of content, if they're content creators or what, what they're posting on social media, that can also be a way to, to learn and to be inspired and to see how people use their language. And that's definitely something that I'm doing with your non-English content. <laughs> well, I'm glad someone watches it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, because I've I've asked many people and everybody seems to think that I should just keep doing it the way I'm doing. And it also, to be honest, I don't see how I would do it otherwise because um, for some people who are Portuguese, they feel totally fine speaking English in public because they're used to it or because they enjoy it or whatever it is. For other people, maybe it's not as comfortable or it's they don't care if it's in English or in Portuguese, but because we're both Portuguese, then why not speak in Portuguese? I mm. guess that's that's what's behind it, really. It's like whatever you, you prefer as it a guess. It reflects your life as well, doesn't it? It's like, you know, both both languages are in your life, so both languages are in both of your podcasts. Um, 
Yeah, English with Kirsty has only ever been in English. I guess mm-hmm. the name English with Kirsty would suggest that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I and I probably would keep it that way because, but I don't know if if I ever got the opportunity to to go on a German speaking podcast. You know, I think that's. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to bring our other languages into um, into what we're doing so that we can connect with new people. We can explore a new part, another part of who we are. I, I know that. Um, I was asked to do a um, to be involved with a um, some training in in German, like a, a speaking event last year, and you find new parts of your personality. I think uh, in all of my other languages, um, well, at least two of them, that when when they're better developed, you I think you can explore different parts of yourself. You can communicate differently about different things. Um, depending on which language you speak so if you have these options open to you then I think that's really good because you can also learn more about yourself as you have conversations whether they're public ones like a podcast or or private ones with friends if you can do that in different languages then it's also a really good learning opportunity about yourself because Mm. you know things come up maybe in one language that wouldn't in another yeah, I told you about the 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 strange thing that uh, when I posted my introduction to the new podcast, people are obviously used to to my other podcasts of Language Worker, and so it seems like I behaved or talked in such a way that people almost didn't recognize me <laughs> because it was in Portuguese, and uh, also the subject was very different. So I did feel very different. It's true that I feel completely different recording one or the other. So it's very interesting that definitely I'm one of those people who definitely believes that the language that you're speaking will have an instant influence on how you behave. So immediately I can tell the difference because, uh, about between how I behave in Portuguese and how I behave in English. Of course, as the conversation keeps going, of course, <laughs> I go, I guess, to my regular self and speak very fast. But the in any language, <laughs> you do that. <laughs> I haven't heard you speaking Spanish, but I imagine it would be the same there too. But... I guess it's even yeah. faster than the other <laughs> because it calls for it, right? So it's very lively. But yeah, I definitely find a lot about myself in this journey of learning English, especially because I do believe, and I say this in my mentoring uh, sessions all the time that I deeply believe that learning a language is one of those huge processes of self-development. So you have to know a lot about yourself. I'm not saying to communicate in a language, right? Because I I always try to keep this distinction out there. So communicating in a language takes certain a certain type of effort, right? You want to make yourself understood. Great. But mm-hmm. when you speak the language, when you have the cultural references, when you know where what comes from, like we talk about all those differences between the American English and the British English and and how I'm now being introduced to a more British version of English because my preference has always been uh, the American English, right? And I'm also pretty much in love also with Canadian English. I love it, love it, love it. And I love their accent, everything about them. I try to watch a lot of shows too because I love it and Australian English. So my goal at the moment, since my level of English is now pretty stable, let's say that, is actually to go deeper into each one of the varieties and also, you know, levels of language. So learning a lot more about slang, about all of that, and having a conscience that it's more open to knowing where 
those pieces of information come from in in which in which context context they are born right so i'm now doing an even deeper dive <laughs> into my english english studying and knowledge and trying to explore you know a bit more um or a bit less mainstream ways of using the language so this is really my goal is to keep on developing it because as i develop my english i definitely feel like i have to evolve too so that's how i feel about it so i'm very passionate about it but at the same time i recognize that it's now part of me getting to know myself too i think there are different ways of, of doing that as well like there is the the, the more um I guess, intellectual way of, of learning about other languages, how they develop, why different varieties of, of English, for example, are different. But there's also the the work you have to, to do on yourself if you're going to be vulnerable enough to speak another language in public or with other people. Um, a lot of the people that, that come to me have got more of, of an issue with with confidence than, than with the language yeah of course we, we talk about mm -hmm. the language and we, yeah. we improve sentences and we correct mistakes and you know like that's that's part of the job but a lot of it is about um anxiety about you know public speaking or not wanting to feel that you you didn't do a good job or and and sometimes you have to 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 push through these um fears if you want to start using another language and but that also helps you to use your your first language better because you get to know yourself better so if, if you can be more if you can have a better relationship with mistakes or with failure or with trying new things or with you know that that will all benefit you in an overall way because you know it's it's helping you to develop as an individual it's also helping with your language skills but if you are willing to to grow and develop as a person then that also helps you with other areas of life that are maybe not connected with the additional languages yeah i definitely feel that way as you know i'm always talking about that and i i cannot imagine myself without having this thing that is always present and that I'm thinking about the whole day, as you know. So yeah, I, I do understand what you mean. And I do understand that it's true that you need to go through that very first scary moment, <laughs> those mm -hmm. years, I guess, mm -hmm. those first years of not knowing <clears throat> as much as you would like to, not because you're not learning it, but because it just takes its time, right? And it's yeah. different for everyone. And you have a different relationship with each language that you speak. So I'm one of those people who doesn't really believe that someone is good at languages or whatever. It's like you could mm -hmm. learn any language because you're good at languages. Of course, that the knowledge that you have about foreign languages and the knowledge that you have about your own language will give you a framework somehow for you to understand how languages as a human phenomenon exist, right? And how they usually developed and what happens, what, what kind of languages they are, if they come from one family, the other family. If you learn multiple languages in one family, usually it should be easier for you. But I think that it's way beyond that. It's a lot more to do with the relationship that you create with that language. The reason why you're learning it, if it was more of a practical thing, or if it was more an emotional thing. And everybody mm. knows that I'm an emotional learner. And this is why I take this English thing to this extent. Not because I guess I would professionally need to develop my English to a certain point. But the truth is that it only makes sense to me because I do have this emotional con connection with the language. That it's always been my guiding light. 
right? That's always that, been the case. Yeah, I mean, that can't depend on, on other people because I, not so much with English, because I work with a lot of people who need it for some kind of business purpose. But for example, um, I, I have a friend who teaches Romanian and she said that in the past, you know, like, oh, it's it's great. People want to learn for their partners. So they're really passionate. And then if that relationship ends, then that's the end of the Romanian course. Because they, right. really, if you if you develop a relationship with a, a language it, and it's going to continue, um, then it can't be based around another person. It has to be yours. You have to make it yours. Maybe there is another person who's involved in that. But if it's really going to last, then you need to, to feel something, some kind of connection with the language, with the culture, with the, whatever it is. It, it can't just Oh, yeah. When I mean emotional, I'm not talking about other people. I'm just no, talking I'm, about you. <laughs> I'm talking about your your emotion, your connection with it. Mm -hmm. Because if and if it's if it's some kind of external motivation, like you have to do it for work, if you're in that situation, find some other reason to get an emotional connection to the language as well, because otherwise, if you're if you're trying to motivate yourself because you have to do something, it's never going to work. But if you if you have a reason why you yourself want to do it, then it will be a lot easier to to keep that motivation going, even on the days where you don't really feel like it. But, you know, you, you've got more of a connection with the language if it's something that you want to do, not that you have to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I think some of my languages have survived. <laughs> I think German was around from the beginning. And then, yeah, Romanian is kind of oof, three years old. Um, and then and then Portuguese is new. But there have been others that have come and gone because I just didn't, wasn't able to maintain. I just didn't have a strong enough connection with them. And they they went. Mm -hmm. I tried to revive them. It didn't work. I guess I just... you, didn't, you didn't listen to enough podcasts, right? Uh, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> I didn't there wasn't enough to keep to keep my interest but once you have that then but yeah I mean podcasts you were joking about it but I I've learned a lot just by by listening to other people and I think that's something something about podcasts they accompany us and whatever we're doing we did that that poll about what people are doing and a lot of people are doing mm -hmm. other things cleaning the house walking the dog um but at the same time these are all times when we have brain capacity available because we're not yeah. you don't really need a lot of brain capacity to be cleaning the kitchen but it's an opportunity for you to be doing something else focusing on something else and, and learning something else at the same time yeah i'm a bit like that i guess i i i the content that i that i consume right is usually as you know while i'm there <laughs> tidying the kitchen or something because i mean there's there's really not much of an option anyway Right. Mm. Since the time that I'm working, then I'm listening to maybe podcasts and other content that are a bit more related to 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 work as language work. Right. But I definitely enjoy the idea of having podcasts around and being able to just connect uh, to a certain level that person who's hosting the podcast. Right. And it's something that I really want to keep in my life for a long time. And I decided to have podcasts I guess a lot of people these days call them podcasts but they're only on YouTube but I thought <clears throat> that I should have them in podcast hosting uh, places because I feel like <laughs> I can only call it a podcast if it's a real podcast so that's how I feel but I mean there's a lot of things that you can do to to get your yourself out there and if you feel like you need to talk to people then to know that there's someone on the other side no matter what they're doing that is actually listening to your content and interacting. And it's just amazing because I guess it took me a good, I would say six months 
Uh, of course, people commented every time I posted and all of that. But the truth is that the last three months, I think people have been a little bit more obvious about their support of the, the language worker. And so I have Weird. now a lot of private messages about the podcast and I end up being friends with a lot of those people. And some of them are actually perfect candidates to be in the podcast. So this has happened yeah. <laughs> quite a few times now that people talk to me about how much they enjoy the podcast. And then I end up uh, inviting them to be a part of the podcast. So this is how it goes. And I love this interaction. The fact that listeners become guests right mm -hmm. and this is just uh, a glorious thing in my in my eye and believe it or not i've already had people uh saying that they would like to be guests on the intuitive worker so it just came out and i already have people who want to be a part of it so that is pretty amazing and for anyone listening if you feel like you would like to be a guest on the podcast it's one of them or uh, then I'm definitely open to that because I believe that uh, if something is relevant in your life, I do understand that you want to be a part of it. So I'm totally open to that. And I love the fact that there are a few people who tell me on a regular basis, well, I've heard, I don't know, 20 episodes, 25. Oh yeah, that one. I know that one. I know that one. Mm. I'm like, wow. It's amazing that people know or recognize my name as the language worker. So it, it hasn't been long, but it's already very much part of who I am at the moment. That's how I feel. I feel like I could not stop this project now and feel as good about what I do as I do at the moment, right? So I really feel like this is part of what I do. That's it, full stop, right? And I I, I love that interaction and knowing what people think and then people will, will point a certain guest or a certain episode. And for me, that's just glorious to to know that someone remembers that this specific guest was actually on my podcast right and he's talking to me about it so but i'm sure that you've had the same situation with um guests or that were heard by x people then they came with feedback and then they became guests don't you well that's the way that we got to know each other because wasn't it jane eggers was on your podcast and then she yes. said that we so there's there's that but yeah the the um I did another interview this week and that was with somebody who I had a guest um on the podcast and then she got to know someone else through a project that she was involved with and then and then she introduced me to her friend and then her friend was on the podcast as well so it's you know people um it's networking really in in the good sense not the kind of you know really kind of pushy pushing yourself forward sense but networking in terms of people getting to know people and introducing them to other people where there's something you know you could add value to the other person in some way i too am open for guests so i've had more guests in this this year i think i've had a lot more than than previously and i, I really enjoy that so i would extend that invitation as well if there are listeners who would be interested in being on the english is Kirsty podcast if you've got some kind of it doesn't have to be about learning english it's about how you know, working with multiple languages, learning additional languages, especially as an adult, um, working across multiple languages or anything to do with kind of adult learning or the impact language has on your life or multilingual families, or it can be, it can be many things, but if you would like to get in touch with me, then you can do so. Um, I've got a podcast at englishwithkirsty.com is a good way to do that. And if you spell my name correctly, because I'm not Christy, so K-I-R-S-T-Y, so podcast at englishwithkirsty.com. 
and yours if you want people to contact you yeah just my linkedin profile i guess yeah okay it, right i guess that's what everybody knows <laughs> yeah and i'm kirsty wolf there can't be that many wolves on linkedin are there? so kirsty wolf on linkedin too um, is a way to get in touch with me too yeah because it's, it's always good to meet, to meet you people i don't know maybe some people wouldn't be suitable guests but you don't know that until you have the conversation so generally i think we can learn a lot from our guests both both us as podcast hosts and the people who are listening to you and i think it helps you to to see things from other perspectives as well not just your own experience but to, to learn to, to understand other people's journeys and to see what they've learned along the way as well because i usually take something from each episode that i can then implement as both a learner and a teacher because you know we're all still learning So in terms of talking about our podcasts, and maybe because these are both going out on, on two podcasts, um, in terms of recommending your podcast, who should we be recommending them to? Like the people that we know for your two, what what kind of people do you think would enjoy your two podcasts? You mean being a part of it or listening to it? Listening to it, like in terms of finding new listeners or telling our friends to, to come mm -hmm. and listen. Well, I guess... Uh... For the language worker, the idea is to have people work somehow uh, in things that are related to languages. And that, in my mind, is a pretty broad spectrum, as you know. So mm -hmm. anyone who creates content, anyone who has, you know, podcasts that are remotely related to languages, uh, teachers, um, like college professors, um, LSP owners freelancers in general i mean even if you're not necessarily in a direct direct way connected to the language industry i guess it should be interesting because a lot of the people are either small company owners or they are freelancers and you have those journeys that are probably very similar uh just uh in every industry i believe i've never been in another industry but i can only imagine in terms of the intuitive worker well that is a broad spectrum because I tend to talk about therapies and how th therapies can can help you in multiple ways, more spiritual, more physical and all of that. So I guess that is a super broad audience that would be just anyone under the sun. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 it's true that the episodes are, are mostly in Portuguese, but I'm sure that people can find ways of, of getting some subtitles. And if you need a specific subtitle for a, for a specific episode, then I'm sure I could provide you with something. If you're interested in a subject and you don't find anything else in in English, I suppose that's what I can do. I could uh, make it into an English version at, of some sort with either subtitling that I can do myself or whatever. So yeah, I'd say both of them are pretty broad in spectrum. So I would expect a lot of people to be interested in uh, be, being, you know, able to follow the content and really enjoy it and learn something from it. So I, I see it that way, at least. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking as well, like we're talking about our um, involvement with languages and people who work in languages, that this would be an opportunity to mention our networking events, because I haven't talked about them on English with Kirsty before. Mm -hmm. um, but there may be people who are who are listening that would that would enjoy the networking and yep. i'm sure that the language worker audience does too so we have um we have regular networking events online and we run them together 
And um, the best way to find out about them is to be connected with us on LinkedIn because that's we create the events on LinkedIn and, and publish information about them. But basically the idea is to bring people together who are interested in language works, who are, who are working in languages somehow, whether that's as we have a lot of translators, but it doesn't mm -hmm. just have to be translators. Could be language teaching, could be interpreting, could be subtitling, could be what else? Yeah, all of those things that fall into <laughs> the spectrum so, um, of language work. Language we work. Yeah. We, we come together um, for, for an hour or so. We talk, we share ideas, we share challenges, we share solutions, we share experiences, we get to know new people. It's a very spontaneous kind of networking event. We don't have a lot of uh, structure to our networking events. And we usually get different people every time. So it really depends on who's there as to, to where the conversation goes. But if you are somebody who'd be interested in joining us in that, then um, connect with us on LinkedIn. That's, that's the best way to find out what's going on. And then that's where you'll find the information about when the next events will be. Yeah, if you have reasons to network, if you enjoy networking, if you've never networked and you want to know how it goes, <laughs> then <friendly>. feel free. <laughs> No, feel free to join because that's what Kirsty just said. We just take it in whatever direction, depending on who the people are who decide to show up and participate that day. And this is why we don't have a very uh, specific theme that we try to implement because we just don't know. Sometimes we have people who are just starting in the industry or, ha or have no connections at all and they need to ask questions that are specific to especially the language industry, like newbie translators, people like that. Other times, like last time, for example, we only had people with a lot of experience in the field, people who have been to multiple networking events, have been in the industry for a long time, company owners. I mean, so it's completely different mm -hmm. what you can find in this environment that you would if there was people with no experience in the field. And also, Kirsty and I decided to do it together because we thought it was going to be uh, more representative of language work as in a broad sense to have people who, even if we both work in both worlds, so Kirsty works in the translation world and I work in the teaching world, but still, I guess that my background is strongest in the language uh, service area. And Kirsty obviously has a lot more experience in the teaching arena. So that's why we thought we could come together and uh, make it better for you, no matter who you are, if you come from more of the one side or the other side, right? So that was the reason why we decided to do it together. So we really hope that people will have this vision of having a broad spectrum of the subject and just join us and get to know a few new people or several new people. And, you know, sometimes bring your problems, bring your questions, bring your doubts and even there was a time we had a conversation full-blown conversation about subtitling software because mm. <laughs> we had like two or three people who had a lot of experience and someone who was just getting started so it ended up going in that direction so that's the way it is that's why we say that we don't have a specific subject because we don't know who's going to show up because people sign up and then other people end up uh coming and the people who signed up sometimes don't show up so <laughs> that's yeah, why we also keep know. <laughs> pretty fluid right it's the, it's the way we work or it's the way i am working now it's not really the way i work but it's the way i've um started working more recently since i've been involved in, in projects with you so that's that's good 
yeah, you'll see over time if this makes any sense or if you're going to be like, no, I'm going to go back to my old ways because you're just a mess. <laughs> no, I'm having fun. It's good. <laughs> All right. I guess this is it for today. Yeah. So it's been it's been great talking to you again. I'm sure in, in the new year we will be doing more episodes together. Um, mm -hmm. So... I, I look forward to that. Um, if anyone has any questions about anything we've we've talked about today, then you can contact either of us on LinkedIn. It's probably the easiest way or um, on the various places where we're posting this podcast. And yeah, we will. We look forward to seeing you at one of our events soon. That would be good. And we hope that you've um, that you can relate to the things that we've said and that you've also found something that will help you or inspire you or to, to keep learning. And yeah, till next time. Yeah. Thanks, Kirsty, for inviting me. <laughs>